in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them touching suckers like the f***ing players. Major League Baseball and the Players Association met yesterday. If you listen to this show, we told you, hey, they're meeting again. They met for 15 minutes and then it was <laughs> hey, over. That's good. Didn't they meet for two minutes at one point? That was that was pre-lockout. That was the decision to lock them out. This is supposed to be the decision to come back from a lockout. What did they do? What did they even do for 15 minutes? Exchange more proposals. They Can't just keep exchanging proposals. They just keep... Handing papers across the uh, desk and say, "Okay, we'll see you later. We got to go back and think about this." <laughs> Do they even think about it? <laughs> I mean, I think they think about it for a few minutes and they go back for fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. This is this is terrible. Like this is this is one of the most horrific like optics I think a league has had. Is it's probably bad because it's we're in the social media era where we can immediately get a tweet from. Bob Nightingale and Jeff Pass and everybody that covers baseball. Hey, they met for 15 minutes today, whereas, whatever. In the mid-90s, they, they we wouldn't have known that right away. Reports eventually would have gotten out, but you had to read it the next day in the newspaper. Or something. So it probably feels worse than previous ones simply because we have immediate information. But my God, can, we, can they do anything productive? Oh, oh, I'm supposed to move on. I, I didn't know that was a... Next question. Well, that... We're gonna meet for longer on the front page than they did to exactly. figure out if they're gonna. We're have already, a damn we're already passed. It. Yeah, we're halfway through. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so Jim Harbaugh signed a new contract with Michigan, and the details of that contract are out. Here's some of his buyout information. Poor Raiders. If he leaves in year one. He owes Michigan three million dollars. If he leaves in year two, he owes Michigan two point two five million dollars. By year four, Jim Harbaugh's buyout is $750,000. Wow. How is his buyout so low? He he almost well, he almost just left. I mean, look what good look what getting to the playoffs does for you. Last year he cut it or he, he, he they cut his salary. Now they're signing to this big extension because he made the playoffs. Well, he's not getting Mel Tucker money. He's only getting 7.5 yeah. million a year now. Still I no can't Mel believe more people haven't negotiated their contracts up sp- simply because of Mel Tucker, especially another guy in Michigan who's actually done something. I you know what? I, mean, I got to just... I to view this in a very uh binary way because there's certainly more to contract negotiations than these two things. But I, I'm curious to see what Mel Tucker's buyout is. If he leaves Michigan State, what does he owe Michigan State? Because I do wonder if maybe uh, Jim Harbaugh asked for more than $7.5 million and Michigan said, well, we'll give you $7.5, but your buyouts are going to have to be lower or whatever. Like, I wonder if right, this was right. sort of maybe the give and take here. But the negotiation between Harbaugh and Michigan was lower buyouts for less salary. So I... I'm curious there because I, I don't know what Mel Tucker's buyouts are, but I still cannot believe Mel Tucker's getting $9.5 million a year. Mel leaves after the first years. year, he owes $8 million. <laughs> Mel Tucker owes the life, he owes the life, life of the contract for 10 years. Yes. I just, it's still an unbelievable contract that Mel Tucker got. I still don't actually believe it happened, but 
it did and here we are with jim harbaugh going to the playoff making less money than the coach in the same state same conference as him but at least jim harbaugh can go to the nfl and not have to pay them very much money hey as long as both of them make more than the governor of the state that and the president in. of the university yeah both of like those. that's that's all that's in, that's all that matters great question Anthony Davis has a mid-foot sprain and will be reevaluated in four weeks. Uh, we talked a little bit about this yesterday just based on the video and the pictures of the injury because it looked like a very bad ankle sprain. Um, reevaluated in four weeks to me is, is a pretty brutal timeline because that is not back in action in four weeks that is ah he can't do anything for at least four weeks and then we'll see if he can start running again uh lakers we're already doomed before this but the lakers are still doomed yeah. what a doomed season this is for them would you try to move this guy after the season this guy i mean like i said we've said it time and time again boy he gets hurt all the time there's always something wrong with this guy now again i guess that lowers his trade value but it's still anthony davis but, and I know we didn't go over before in terms of that they said that they're not going to allow some big rebuild. You know, it was like lie in your bed. This is the team you made with all these past superstars. But I don't know. I, I might try to move him. He has not lived up to expectations. Again, I don't know if I want him either because he's always hurt. Let me read this. This is Ramona Shelburne um, talking about the Lakers. She said, my interpretation was that the Lakers front office and ownership decided you guys, talking about the players, you guys got yourselves into this. This is the bed that you made. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, all of the future Hall of Famers. This was your choice of roster and team. Go make it work. We are not going to mortgage our future in terms of draft picks or taking on luxury tax now because this team isn't working yet. Go make it work. Hmm. What? Like, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Why on earth would the Lakers, who, whatever, they're going to make the playoffs, maybe lose in the play-in rounds, maybe lose in the first round. Like, why would Lakers ownership in front office say, you know what, we're not going to do anything to help this roster. We're running it back next year. Make it work. Like That's, that's so unlike them. Management. Well, yeah. and it's so unlike them because they're all about winning and winning championships, and it's not working out with this this roster. So you just want to force the issue with it? That's I, I, I read that. I'm like, is, is, is that the – is that correct reporting? Did they really say that? That you stink. Let's did. run it back. Let's stink again. Like that's not the Lakers. Because that and that is like listen, LeBron James is. It's not LeBron James from three and four years ago where it was clearly he's a hey, the best or second best player in the league. Like he's been passed up. There are other guys that are better than LeBron, but it's still LeBron James. He's still really like, good. Yeah, I know he was awesome in their last game. He's still having a great season. I would imagine. If you're the Lakers, who cares about your draft picks? Like, uh, yes, you mortgage your future to try to win now in the last few years that you have LeBron James. Yes. Why, why wouldn't you give up the whatever 15th pick in the NBA draft or wherever they're going to end up picking? Why wouldn't you give that up to try to help LeBron yeah. James? I just, the logic there makes n no sense whatsoever. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. The Packers raised $64.5 million by selling shares oh, of God. the team. Uh, should other teams just have fake fan owners to generate yes, revenue? Yes, because it doesn't do it. They have no power. They're just like, we're going to will these things to like our children. Okay, so I own like 
you know, zero point zero 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 like one percent of the you Packers. Get no dividends on it. Right. You don't. I make like, no decisions. Yeah. You I have don't no get power. To vote. Yeah. You you own a piece of paper. But you own a piece of it. If you can get away with it, yes, I assume you would. I, I assume you wouldn't make $65 million to give people pieces of your team, and yet they have no power over it. Can you, as a fan, sell your share to another fan? Well, that I don't. I Like I said, I know people I'm have willed it. it. I know people have willed it to, you know, when they pass <laughs> on, hey, our, our kids are getting this, or our parents are getting this, or whatever. Um but I don't know that. I like. Can Jim sell it to Bob across the street? That's a good point. Packers stock like, does not pay dividends and cannot be resold. So you can't yeah. sell. Oh wow. Oh, okay. they do actually. You know what? They do have voting rights, which they uh, <laughs> which they can exercise at the annual meeting in July. Do all these people show up to the meeting? They get to they get, the, they get to vote for the team's board of directors. That's all they get to vote oh, for. Oh, okay. All right. And then once the board of directors are sat, then the, they, they make all the decisions. They make all and the decisions. They're like, yeah. well, you know. And the GM and the president and everyone else makes the decisions. Some is, uh, fat guy from is, Waukesha is not making yeah. this decision. Is uh, Packers fan ownership, is this the original NFT? I oh. mean, kind of. It, Except that I, I'd argue that probably Packers stock ownership is a little bit more valuable because at least, you know, it means you something. You just told me you can't resell it. That's the whole point of NFTs is you can resell them. You can't even resell this. I'm, in, NFTs are a scam. But you can resell them. You can buy a scam and then sell to a guy who's a bigger sucker than you. You can't even do that with Packers ownership. You're just stuck as the sucker got to find the bigger sucker. Exactly. They're out there. The only good thing about Packers stock is the fact that at least once a year we get a, I spoke to a Packers owner. (laughs) (laughs) He's my next door neighbor. We talked at the Christmas party. What the hell's going on with Aaron Rodgers? That's right. We were supposed to buy one of these so that we could do that. Oh, yeah. We go, well, sources close to Packers ownership. This guy's coming to the Raiders. Raiders. He's going to be a Raider. Wait, actually, you said that they were going to do more. How much are they? Uh, well, this was this was the one they did. They were three hundred dollars. Ah. Yeah, this oh, one, they sold no. one hundred and there's like one hundred ninety thousand of these things for like three hundred bucks. But yeah, so we just got to find one of those guys. Wait, it says Packer uh, the Packer stock will continue to be sold until February twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. So we just need to come up with yeah. three hundred bucks in the next five days. So we're All screwed. Right, well, my chickens are losing me about three hundred bucks every day. So. <laughs> figure that out eventually i don't want to have that conversation at home uh, I, jared oh my god tyler and i are buying the green bay packers <laughs> and it costs 300 dollars. we need to put 100 bucks in uh, the look i'd get on her face what? if i said that it would not be good it would be the equivalent of you coming home and being like i traded the cow for some magic beans. yes exactly oh <laughs> uh, you know i can't tell you that Other Packers news. They're hiring Tom Clements as their new quarterbacks coach. Uh, Clements was the Packers QB coach at the beginning of Aaron Rodgers' career. And according to ESPN, Aaron Rodgers, big fan of Tom Clements. Uh, And ESPN story wrote this. Rob Domofsky wrote, while there's the obvious connection to Rodgers, a source said Clements' arrival doesn't guarantee that the reigning NFL MVP will return to the Packers, but rather is another move that the Packers hope will convince Rodgers to come back. So Clements was retired. They brought him out of retirement. If Clements is that close to Rodgers, 
wouldn't Clements only come back if he knew Rodgers was coming back? Well, it was funny because uh, the story said Clements gave a verbal agreement, and I think that verbal agreement is we're not going to oh, sign. You're not going to sign see. anything until we know this guy's coming back. If not, I you see. know, that's like a verbal agreement to uh, before you enter the transfer portal or before you uh, go somewhere else. So yeah, there's nothing signed yet. That's that is key. No, it's just a verbal agreement. Just so verbal. it's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Clements or Tom or, Clements hates Jordan Love. Basically, is what we're right. Getting at exactly. Here. Let's he put has that no out interest there. in working. Let's put with that Jordan out of there Love. about Tom Clements. So this guy is basically getting paid to hang out with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron yeah. Rodgers yeah. likes him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's what the Packers are doing. That's they're what they're down to. This is the uh, NFL version of a college coach hiring somebody's dad. Yes. Hello, USC but Aaron, basketball. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like his family, yeah. so they couldn't fi- hire his actual family. They just found some guy that used to ooh, coach him, and they were like, ooh, let's get him. He's still under contract, right? So Who is? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'm just saying, if you if he's if he's being all prissy, you're just like, oh, yeah, well, we're hiring your brother. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, if they uh, hired Jordan, Jordan? Rodgers to be the quarterback's coach, that'd be phenomenal. That'd be awesome. No, oh, see, you put him in the social media department. Oh, tweet, send some tweets out, man. Is there a different? Is there a more different relationship of brothers than Derek Carr with his brothers and Aaron Rodgers oh, with his no. brother? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Just constantly, the social media department's kind of like Jordan Love looking pretty good in practice, and it's just like, well, we know that his brother runs the Twitter account. <laughs> All right, coming up next, UNLV basketball. They got a big game on Saturday. If they can continue their ascent, what just happened? That's my bad. That's my bad. You said coming up next, and I grabbed the phone, and it just, like, crashed to the... Crash to the console. We'll find out what Ed draws next. I'm going to put myself on mute. Out to Bryce. Oh, my gosh. Another offensive foul, and Kevin Kruger is in absolute disbelief. Just absolute disbelief that they called that on Bryce Hamilton. As Kijab heads the deck, he and Bryce are both laughing. That was, uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of bad ones, but that might have been one of the worst ones. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. UNLV plays Colorado State. On Saturday, one of the best teams in the Mountain West coming to Thomas and Mac, but UNLV already beat Colorado State 90 to 75. If you remember, that's the game Bryce Hamilton went for 42 points, his career high in points. Um, Ed, is it weird if I say I don't think UNLV has a chance to win this game, even though they crushed Colorado State once before? No, because you know the league and weird things have happened all around the league. And also, I as great as he's been, I don't think he's getting forty five again. And let's say he gets twenty eight, then who else is scoring for them? I mean, right? They, they ninety to seventy five is a comfortable win, but he had forty. It was forty five. I don't 42. remember. Forty two. Okay, it was originally forty five. They had yes. to make a stat correction, yes. and it was forty two. Okay, forty two. Then a great game tomorrow for him would be efficiently twenty eight to thirty, and they could still lose because I don't know who else is scoring. Yeah, they really need Donovan Williams to sort of be back and be, oh, yeah, Donovan Williams, really good again. Um, he obviously is, uh, missed three games in a row with a knee injury, missed five total with a knee injury. Um, is he 100%? Yeah, probably not going to be. But they need something else because here's the thing. Colorado State, excellent offensively. They're 16th in Ken Palm offense this season. UNLV, pretty good, 72nd on offense. But Colorado State is a really good offensive team. UNLV probably got David Roddy's worst career game 
in the first matchup, I don't think David Roddy is going to have his worst career game. No, back to back. Which means UNLV is going to have to score a lot of points. And if Bryce Hamilton goes for 40 again, yeah, UNLV, they might win the game again. And if if they get 28 from him and Donovan Williams goes for 20, they might win the game there too. But I, I just don't know how likely that is. I feel like this is one where UNLV struggles. And this is one where, you know, on Monday we're saying, well, the defense was bad again. And that means in their next game, it's going to be really good because they kind of go back and forth between good and bad defensively. So they already beat them, but I'm kind of writing them off already before they Uh, even play. UNLV won 90 to 75, and all you need to know is Colorado State's laying three and a half tomorrow. Yes. So that's a key key factor in terms of what the books think is going to happen. All right, are you ready for me to give you a, uh, well, you'll probably think it's ridiculous, but what I think is a great stat? I'm totally ready for that. All right, so <laughs> this is basically to prove that Bryce Hamilton uh, should be player of the year. Oh, the there we go. Uh, Bart Torvik is a website very similar to Ken Palm. Uh, they do a lot of the same sort of efficiency stuff. Uh, slightly different, though, like Bart Torvik thinks UNLV is like uh, better than Ken Palm does a little bit. Uh, but there's a stat that Bart Torvik has. Uh, it's actually called Porpagatu, but uh, instead of using that really weird word, just think of it as points above average, okay. like wins above replacement in baseball. Yes. This is essentially how many points better than the average player is a guy worth on a per-game basis. So, for example, for UNLV this year, Reese Brown is .3, which means compared to an average player, Reese Brown provides .3 more points. Donovan Williams is 2.9. So Donovan Williams is giving UNLV almost three full points of value on a per game basis than the average player would. Now, what's great about this stat is that it also adjusts for strength of competition. So, you know, if you're playing in the Big 12, it's a lot different than if you're playing in the Colonial, right? Um, And also, it adjusts for usage rate because this is effectively an efficiency metric and it's a lot easier to be efficient when you take five shots a game than when you take 20 shots a game. So there's an adjustment in there as well for guys like Bryce Hamilton that take a lot of shots compared to other guys who are taking so few shots because it's generally speaking harder to be efficient when you're carrying a team. So Bryce Hamilton, this season, he is worth 6.4 points more than the average player in conference play. Second place in the Mountain West, there's a tie between Hunter Maldonado and David Roddy, who are both at 5.9. So Bryce Hamilton in Mountain West play is a half point better than any other player in the Mountain West. And again, this stat takes this isn't just points scored. This stat takes in everything a player does on the court and how much it helps his team outscore the opposition. Bryce Ham, Hamilton worth half a point more than anybody else. And then if you take this out to the entire country, in conference play, Bryce Hamilton 6.4 points above average would be third best in the entire country. Only Nigel Pack at Kansas State and EJ Liddell at Ohio State have better points above replacement numbers than Bryce Hamilton does in Mountain West play. Bryce Hamilton has been unbelievable in conference play, and he's doing it on a high usage rate and you know, the Mountain West isn't the Big 12, but it's still a good conference. This is not by any means a a bad basketball conference this season. Bryce Hamilton, if he keeps this up, and these numbers could change. There's still time left in the season. But if he keeps this up, I, I said it yesterday, he's, he should be the player of the year. He's not going to get the votes. He's not going to get the votes. The, he's not going to be the player of the year. 
He it's all be, sub- it's all subjective. Ah, oh, man. I'm so on the fence with the stuff. That's why I don't vote anymore. That's why I've given up, and I'm giving up the Heisman. I'm just not going to vote anymore. You're, just, you're giving up your Heisman yeah, votes? Yeah, I, I just don't think oh. media. I, I've kind of been convinced a lot of people the media should have nothing to do with voting on these things. That's why, oh. I, I mean, I, I the media in the Mountain West basketball, coaches do their poll. They took the media out uh, several years ago, which I thought was the right call. So the media does their own poll. I don't think he'll win player of the year in either. I don't think I, I don't think it I, I, I don't think the media will give him player of the year. I think the media will look at, you know, Ike or Maldonado or, you know, let's say Colorado State, you know, wins out and it's Roddy or someone like that. That's who I think will get it. Um and it's subjective and like you said, you you throw those stats out there, you can see that he's the best player in the league, but they're going to turn around because I know what they're going to say is that well, yeah, they fin- he finished 5th. That I, yeah. I and that, that might be unfair to him. I don't know. Like I said, it's all subjective. Everyone has their own reasoning for how they vote, but he won't win it. Um, that's not to say he shouldn't, uh, because I do think he's the best individual player in the league. Um, but he's just not going to get the votes for it. You know, he'll be first team all conference. Um, <sighs> he, he won't, he won't be the player of the year. I, I yeah. it's just not going to happen right now. So Bart Torvik also does a fun thing where they sort of, uh, give you projected standings, uh, at the, for the end of the year. And right now, uh, UNLV, according to Bart Torvik, is actually projected to get the five seed in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a 33% chance to win 10 games uh, in Mountain West play, which is that's the highest uh, probability for wins. 10, 10 is the most likely number they end on. Fresno State and Utah State, they're two teams they're competing with there for the five seed. Both of them, most likely outcome is nine wins. Now, it's pretty close, right? If there's one upset one way or the other, those numbers will change quite a bit. But UNLV, in, they're in pretty good, a pretty good spot to get the five seed in the Mountain West tournament. And like we talked about yesterday, that gives you a bye, and, and you don't have to deal with a first-round game, and you only have to win three in three days instead of four in four days. Like it's, It can be a pretty big deal if UNLV manages to hold on to the five seed. It, it, big deal for their chances to actually go on a run and win this thing. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. There, And let's see how they play tomorrow. But there have been games this year where that specific team could make the run. And there have been games this year. And, and I don't know if that's different than most teams in the country, right? I mean, you, you have your really good teams, your top teams. But what, even once you get to, like, 20 through whatever, I mean, you can have these teams that are so inconsistent in terms of how they look great. Now, look at what T.J. Osselberger's team did. I mean, you know, preseason, they're top whatever, and now they can't win a game in the, in the Big 12. Um, so I'm not saying UNLV is any different than that. But I do think there's certain UNLV teams that we've seen that could make a deep run in the tournament uh, as the five seed. Like we talked about it yesterday, if it ended today, they play San Diego State. We've seen them play San Diego State twice. I don't know if I'd favor UNLV, but in the back of my mind, I would think they'd win that game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think San Diego State would be favored uh, in that game, but there's no doubt they can beat San Diego State. Like uh, they haven't done it. I know that, but there's there's little doubt they can actually beat that team. San Diego State's not a good enough team, especially offensively, that UNLV wouldn't have a chance. So that's a team they can absolutely win. I mean, I think they can beat any team in the conference. Like, I I don't think that's a ridiculous thing for UNLV to actually pull off is to beat any of these teams. It's just the problem is three times in three days. You're going to have to beat, you know, in that scenario, it'd be San Diego State, most likely Boise State, and then Wyoming or Or Colorado Colorado State, State. Right? And that's... That's three NCAA tournament wins in a row. Like in, in all seriousness, that's like going to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, like those, yeah. like that, like you know, you don't have to play a top seed, but that's three NCAA tournament in a row or the Elite Eight actually, not even the Sweet Sixteen. Like that's 
would be a remarkable run for Unova to go on. And it's possible. I just don't think it's that likely. No. Now, coming up next, Shang Pang joins the show. Taves back down low. Here's McKinnon shooting. Same pro swash. Sharp angle. Puck disappears into his new dark gray pads. A couple Brosois of holds on. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Where is Shang Pang? I don't understand. This is like the one guest I wouldn't expect to stand us up. Well, Soto, but she's always ready at 9.30 on Fridays. Um, but I would not expect Shang Peng to stand us up. This is very, very disappointing. He might be asleep. That's my bet. Sleep. He's sleeping still. Yeah, that's, should, a, that's what I'm betting. writing more stories about Evander Kane, because according to Kane, should. he's the only one who writes about him. Which, yeah, by the way, that's what, that's what I want to talk to Shang Peng about. I know. Evander Shang... Kane snapped at him. Jared's trying again. Oh, we'll go into the great radio boy. segment. No, Shang Peng's got to be asleep. Ah, Shang Peng, what a disappointment. This is one of our so, favorite guests of all time. I know. For those of you that don't know, Shang Peng um, covers the Sharks. Uh, he, during a press conference uh, last week, this week, Evander Kane basically said, you're the only one that writes about me. You write about me more than anybody else. And uh, Evander Kane was mad that Shang Peng writes about him and asks him <laughs> questions. Uh, <laughs> Which is Shang Pang's job. Yes, exactly. Uh, what else is Shang Pang supposed to do when he's on a Zoom with Evander Kane? Not ask him a question? Uh, I have called and, him four times. We have gotten no response that goes to voicemail. Uh, Would you like me to continue calling him? Shang Pang. Uh, I texted him. If he responds, I'll let you guys know. But, okay. Uh, yeah, just on the air. Just go, Jared, call him. Yeah, I will. I will absolutely do that. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, I, I don't know what Evander Kane expects. Also, if you're Shang Pang. You're covering the Sharks. The Sharks aren't very good. Evander Kane is absolutely the most interesting to write about, even if he's on a different team now. He's still more interesting than pretty much anything the Sharks are doing. One of their so. more interesting stories was the fact that the, what is it's the SAP Center mm -hmm. genuinely had like, hey, we're doing construction in the parking lot, so there there may not be any parking. <laughs> oh, they'll be parking for Shang Peng. We know that. I've seen it. I've seen Shang Peng get parking over everyone else. Shang Peng, he, he, he rolls right in there. That kid, he's got some juice. Wait, where did he get parking that you didn't? Well, the great story is when the it was the great um, year where the uh, major penalty. Uh, uh. And tell you what, it might have been that night. I forget, but obviously it was the SAP Center. So we're driving in behind, and uh, let's just say we our name was supposed to be on a list, all right? It was oh, supposed gosh, to be on a list. I remember this story. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Shang <laughs> If you knew Shang Peng. So Shang Peng is in front of us, and we didn't know it at the time. But the guy in front of us drives right through. They barely even look at this guy. And he drives up, and he parks like pretty close to where the, the, the parking attendant was because that's where you go down to the meeting room. And he gets out of the car as we're driving forward. We're like a car or two back, and we're like, hey, Shang Peng. And Shang Peng gets out, and he must know everyone because he starts waving at people, uh, which was very strange. We get up there, and it's and it's my colleague at the time, Steve Carp, and he says his name. They don't have his name. They say my name. They don't have my name. I think Dave Shane was with. They had no one's name in the car, and we were all yelling. But that's Shang Peng. How did that guy get in there? And 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 Shang Peng, I think finally saw us, and we got the wave too before he walked away and didn't wait for us. 
and it took us a good 15 minutes to convince this woman, as we showed her all our credentials, that we should be allowed into the SAP Center. And uh, Pang went right in. I mean, he's 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 a famous up there, that kid. Yeah, of course he is. I yeah. wouldn't have let you in the parking lot. I would have said no. <laughs> well, we almost didn't get let, let in, and we were promised by uh, others that our name was on the list, and it just never got on there. was not on the list. No. Um, all right, I do want to give you guys a heads up, and this is one of the great things about doing uh, the show from home. At some point in the next like uh, twenty minutes, a uh, contractor is supposed to show up and oh. fix our the hole in the wall in my garage slash downstairs bathroom. Can you go live from oh, the con- yes from the contractor? Yes, yes, that would be great. I am willing to bump Cassie Soto. Yes. <laughs> this is what we need more. I, of. Honestly, I'm the... willing to bump Cassie Soto for a lot of stuff. We said this so, at the Super Bowl. We need more of these things. We we need more live play-by-play, and there'd be nothing more interesting than some contractor telling you, hey, how did this happen? Or does the contractor already know how it happened? I, he already knows. Already knows. He was here yesterday uh, working on it as well. So this is day two of trying Man, to Man, that might have been some damage whole, if he couldn't get it done in one day. The whole uh, calm, calm down over there. Come I on I mean, now. come on. Um, it wasn't that bad. That's what they told me. It wasn't that bad. Um, this is day two. Uh, I currently, so for those of you that don't know, my car rolled into my house uh, uh, while I got out of it, and it left it in park. I or did not leave I, it in park, I mean. I, I love that you're what? now blaming the car. Yes, exactly. Not, I was going to say, if you didn't add I that last part. I yes. didn't put it in park, yeah. and, the, and you are responsible. That's a mouthful. The car rolled into the house. That's what happened. <laughs> I wasn't driving. The car rolled into the house. Because Wait. you didn't. Semantics, Jared. Semantics. The car rolled into the house. There was no human involved when the car was rolling into the house. But um, my toilet is currently sitting in my garage. He had to take the toilet out because it's the downstairs bathroom oh, no. that I hit. And so there's now there's a toilet sitting in my garage and a hole in the ground. My goodness. In the bathroom. <laughs> you're one you're one dishwasher away from living in New York. Yeah. You know you know what's actually the the funny part of this is. They hopefully by the end of today, but it is not going to be completely fixed for like uh, a month, maybe longer than a month, because they are fixing the inside portion of the wall. So like they're going to put the toilet back, the wall on the inside is going to be good to go. They're leaving the outside like exposed. Like there's going to be a big hole in my wall where you can see the, you know, the insulation and the studs and the backside of the drywall on the inside because it's going to take like a month or something for like an inspector to come out and for permits to go through for this to actually be finalized. But they were like, yeah, we'll just fix the inside. So you're good to go. All right. Well, just keep your car in park and you'll be fine. Remember to keep it. Remember to park. Well, yeah. Well, that's the other fun part. I'm not even driving right now. That's true. The last thing I did in my car was ran it into my house. Where is your car? In the driveway. All right. In the in the same spot it was when it um, started rolling. Really? You, you actually put it on the on the downward? Don't well, you, have a, stri- you have a street park. you can put that thing in? As long as it's in park, it's yeah. fine. You want me to roll you want me to roll down the street and hit some people and other people's cars? Then I gotta pay for their stuff. We put uh I'll just hit I'll just put hit my own house. We put the extra one on the street. Yeah, well, eh, she's in London. What are we gonna do? Place. It gets taken, it's a it gets taken. Place. It yeah, actually put it on is. the street. Yeah. Wait, have I told you have I told you how the first car I ever owned got totaled? No, boy, I've had a few of these. Now I'm happy. Okay. I think oh well, similarly to my other car adventure, I was not in the car when it happened. Um 
this was a very rainy morning um, in Mississippi. My car was parked in our driveway. And the person delivering newspapers, so I hold you personally responsible, Ed. Yes. The person delivering newspapers <laughs> uh, ran a stop sign, oh. T-boned another car, and they both slid through our front yard and our driveway and took out and totaled my car. And totaled it? Totaled my car, yeah. Wow. Did, you, like, did uh, you hear it? Were you sleeping? Um, I was asleep. I did not hear the actual accident. I was woken up by our dogs barking. Uh, my mother did hear the accident and was amazed I did not hear it because apparently it was very loud. But I, I just remember waking up. Uh, I look out my front window and my car, I can see half of it perpendicular to the direction I normally park it in the grass, which was not ideal. So that's how my first car got totaled. Uh, I was also not in that. So my cars in driveways with me not in them are a very dangerous place to be. My second car that got totaled... Um, <laughs> was, was literally like two, two in the morning. Girlfriend had just dumped me, completely oh. scattered. I, I I was completely just dev, absolutely devastated, absolutely devastated. And driving down the the road in Laguna Beach at two in the morning, where there's only other one, there, I could only total it with one other car because there was no one else on the road, and I picked that car to do it. I lost all kinds of senses <laughs> in terms of thinking of what what was happening, and uh, made let, let's just say made contact from behind. Oh, oh yeah, oh. and then the next morning, somehow made I made contact from behind <laughs> will be a drop. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, uh, it, it somehow the, the whole front was crashed in and exchanged everything and drove home and. Uh, oh yes, uh, yes, I remember this. Your dad didn't know how it happened. It, it yeah. was not good. I got the uh, yeah. the father, the uh, policeman father, who was not happy at all uh, the next morning. Uh, but that, that, that was yeah, the, the second, second the, one you told. That was the second one. <laughs> first one was in high school. The the hold Maverick. On, hold on. The Maverick. The, I, the first one was a Maverick. The other one was a two eighty Z. How how many cars did you total? Those before are you both good 21? cars. <laughs> <laughs> How many I'm did so you total bad before at you, you now. turned 21? <laughs> before I was 21? Yeah. Oh, my God. You no, have to hold think. On. No, hold on. Uh, two, two. Two. I mean, were when they... you say total, it's un, you know close to being drivable. Yeah, yeah. Were they, yeah, were they both, both incidents your fault? Oh, come on. Absolutely. It's <laughs> a Come on. That's what we can do as adults and, like you said, average people doing a, a professional things. It's a layup. Am I the only one that has never, like, has never crashed my car? I've been rear-ended once by, like, a girl in whose brakes failed. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's not Whoa. really her fault. That, Jared. like, the brakes just stopped working and she just rammed <laughs> me into traffic. As I made very clear, I did not crash my car into my house. So technically, I have never crashed my car. Other people have hit my cars, and my car has hit my house. <laughs> but in I Mississippi and never, in Las Vegas, I have never driven into anything. That has not happened. I got. Uh, I've I got never been behind the wheel. That's right. When my I've, car has crashed, have you had your car stolen? Uh, no, I have not had my car stolen. I've had I'm, my, a, I'm on that list too. I've had my car broken into multiple times, but I lived okay. in a 
I lived in a neighborhood where I just basically started going, all right, I'm just going to leave the doors unlocked so they stop breaking windows. <laughs> I had my car stolen with the club on it. <laughs> on the on the steering wheel? Yep. Yep. They wow. they had some kind of a contraption. And uh, I think I might have told you guys, I walked out the next morning and you know something's wrong, but you can't, you don't realize it at first. You know, you're like, you, you, I went out to get the paper and I stopped and you know, so, and I had parked it right in front of the house. And I had, and it took me literally like three or four minutes to realize. Wait a minute, where's my car? <laughs> I, I, you, you just, you're not like thinking anything like that could happen. So you walk out, and I, I literally was thinking, I'm holding the paper, I'm thinking, man, this is weird. I, something's bugging me. And I'm like, oh yeah, where's my, uh, where's my Jetta? Okay, Tyler, you may, you, you may get this more than Ed, but do you remember the TI-83 calculator? Yes. I had three of those stolen out of my car. In, like, high school? Yep. I would walk out. Those were were expensive calculators. Yes, I know. I would walk out from work at 1 o'clock in the morning. I would just go, huh, my window smashed in. And I would look through it. i go, they stole my calculator again? Might have been me. I just remember my mom being like, you need a calculator that costs how much money? Hey, man, that thing could run Mega Man. You could play games on it. You could play Sonic. (laughs) <laughs> They're great calculators, but they were like a hundred dollars. It's phenomenal. All right, thanks, we've got tickets. Thanks a lot, Shang. Yeah, that's right, Shang Pang. Look at what you did. We've got tickets here. Uh, if you want to go see Volbeat, Servant of the Road Tour, they're coming to the theater at Virgin Hotel, Las Vegas, on Friday, March fourth, and we've got a pair of tickets for you right now. Seven zero two three six four eleven hundred is the phone number. Seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. That's the phone number. If you want to go see Volbeat, we'll take caller number four at seven zero two. 364-1100. But now we've got new champions. We've got them up here on the stage. You know their names. Sean McVay, our coach. Unbelievable. Vaughn Miller. We've got Matthew Stafford. Cooper. Cooper Cup. And you can keep naming them. Aaron Donald. Unbelievable. We've got new champions in L.A. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Do you guys think Stan Kroenke just learned the names of the players on his team during the Super Bowl? 50-50. <laughs> it's it's like I that asked was the owner this. of the team struggling through naming the four or five yeah. best players on his team. He may have been overserved. <laughs> <laughs> I asked someone yesterday if they thought uh they thought he took a shot at the Raiders, Mark Davis, but because they said, you know what, Stan's not there enough to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, when he said, we're the first team from Los Angeles to win the championship, it's like, well, the Raiders in 1983. So I said, is that kind of a shot at Mark Davis and Raiders? But they're like, no. He in the moment he wouldn't think of that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't think of that. <laughs> All right. He's got we do Walmart have... money that he married yeah. into. Yeah, while also being ridiculously rich <laughs> yeah. himself. Yeah, like um, he... <laughs> Yeah. I want that data gap. Which, by the way, Jared, he also owns Arsenal, my favorite soccer team, and he is um, a relatively poor owner in the Premier League. Well, I mean, I, I think the rules are you can only be a good owner at one sport if uh, the Jags are any indication. <laughs> uh, his problem is he's going up against oil money, that uh, has come in and bought a bunch of the Premier League. The problem is he's going against a Saudi Arabian press. Yes, <laughs> yes that is actually the, pretty much the issue there. Um, some breaking news this morning, though. Uh, the college football playoff is not going to expand until the current contract runs out, which means 
we are going to have four college football playoff teams until the 2025 postseason. And then in 2026, that could potentially change. If you remember back in the summer, it was like a foregone conclusion that they were going to go ahead and expand, right? That they were going to add teams to the playoff. Their question, it quickly became, okay, they're going to expand. The question became how many, like what's the best way to do it? And then for whatever reason, Texas and Oklahoma decide they're going to go and join the SEC, and that put everything on hold. Everybody said, hold on, we can't expand. This is going to be too unfair. I still can't figure out the logic behind that, but that's what happened, and they have had uh, meetings every month or so, every two months or so for the college football playoff committee, a different committee, not the one that puts the teams in, but a different committee, and they have just decided, eh, we're just not going to expand until the contract runs out in 2025. Um I'm extremely disappointed. This sucks. It does suck. And I, I'm, I didn't uh, remember this or read this, but uh, from the statement from Bill Hancock, the executive director, I thank the working group for its hard work that resulted in the 12-team proposal and the management committee for its thorough and diligent job reviewing it and other possible expansion ideas. So it seems they did come down to a 12-team proposal. Um, I, I'm fine with it. I just wanted, I wanted them to expand. I always thought they might go to eight. But it appears that they had thought of twelve. That was interesting to me. I had not known that. Had you? I I thought they well, were discussing a lot. But he was pretty specific in this statement that it's twelve teams. Well, remember when uh, Mountain West Football Media Days? We talked to Craig Thompson, and Craig Thompson was on that secret committee that came up with the, the possible expansion committee. Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody had heard about it. Um, that they they came up with the best solutions, right? For hey, if we expand to eight, if we expand to twelve, and if I remember correctly, Craig Thompson said their recommendation was twelve, okay. which was just a recommendation. So I think that's sort of what they had been working off of the entire time. But like, am I naive? Am I missing anything? Like, did this simply come down to them not being able to figure out how many automatic bids would be in this? <sighs> I, don't, I can't believe they can't figure that out. I can't believe there aren't smart enough people to go through that proposal and figure out how automatic bids to give. I just think, I don't know if it's this. I mean, is it an old boys network and they just don't want to change and they sign this contract and they just don't want to change and they they, they want to stay with what they have? I mean, I saw that on Twitter. The first comments I saw was, well, here go the old boys again and they're just going to stay with what they have and they're not going to be bullied into doing something different. I'm... I'm like you. I'm extremely disappointed in this. I wanted them to expand. I thought they should. And if anything had to do with Texas and Oklahoma jumping, I'm also with you on that. I don't know why that makes a difference because you're either going to play yourself in or you're not going to play yourself in. It doesn't matter. In fact, the SEC probably becomes even tougher now with those two teams in it. So what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, here's the thing. They were... Like the reports were, they were ready to expand. Like this right. was a matter of of figuring out How the many? exact numbers and the automatic bids and everything else. And and like, do we play on college campuses? Do we make these, you know, more bold? Whatever. Like there were logistical things, but those are relatively minor details. Once you all accept, hey, we're going to expand. And back in the summer, that was the reports that they, that it was, yeah, we're we're going to expand. Everybody was on board with expanding. And then all of a sudden, it was right after Texas and Oklahoma left. It was whoa, we got to reconsider yeah. this, and it's it made no and sense. Like as far everything that I've read, it comes down to uh, the automatic bids that they couldn't figure out how many automatic bids to give out, or limiting the amount of teams from one conference, which is just it's just uh, you and I could just sit down and do it in yes, ten minutes. Absolutely. We could do it faster than yep. the faster than the Major League Baseball Players Association met with the owners yesterday. 
like i don't know this is stupid why can't why can't people just get their get it together so we can have fun sports we need an actual baseball season yeah. meet longer than 15 minutes and let's expand the playoffs it'll be fun i want to watch more college football playoff games it's the best part of the seat uh, sport Five, let's get more of it please four, that'll be very fun three two